Today on Life in Digital, I'm speaking to the experts in Gen Z on why brands should take notice of this audience that hold 4.4 trillion in spending power. I'm joined by Imagine, one of this year's Tech Round 100 finalists, and its founders, Jay Richards and Kat Agostino. Jay is the fifth of six children from migrant parents, from a rebellious start while at school to now the founder of Imagine and a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur. Jay aims to provide opportunities for Gen Z to shape their future. Kat has been a supporter and promoter of talent throughout her career. Kat founded Dawn in 2009, a community dedicated to inspiring and developing women's careers, both personally and professionally. She was listed as an IPA Women of Tomorrow finalist in 2018 and is a contributing member of the Conscious Advertising Network, CAN. Together, we dived into the world of Gen Z, tackling everything from activism, the erasure of physical borders, to the impact that COVID is having on employment for this generation. Hi, I'm Jay, one of the co-founders here at Imagine, and this is... Cat. Cool. Very, very smooth. Very yeah. smooth. <laughs> Quite hard so, to see yeah. where you're pointing. Hi, I'm Cat, the CRO. I'm at Imagine. At Imagine, our mission is to help Gen Z to shape their future. And we know the best way for them to do that is with brands, because brands shape countries and culture like governments never could. So um, we enable agencies and brands to crowdsource feedback, ideas, or insights from our community of Gen Z consultants. So yeah, in a in a nut time nutshell, basically we are a crowdsource engine for everything Gen Z. That is us. Great. And why did you start the company? That's a good question, Kat. Why mm. did we start the company? <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good question. Um, really, like what Jay said about our mission, it's it's to enable Gen Z to shape their future, mm-hmm. um, and we wanted to be able to have um, a a platform an opportunity an area a kind of you know all of these things where they could come and they could yes earn money but also they could gain skills life skills um mm-hmm. you know how to create um responses to challenges how to pitch themselves how to work you know be in front of brands and agencies and and people that they may not get that opportunity to be in front of just you know in general life so really it was it's the first and foremost is about helping 16 to 25 year olds and then you know kind of everything else comes around that and we'll probably talk a bit more about you know how we work with brands and agencies but yeah that's that's the main premise of of what we do brilliant and do you want to give a bit of an intro to both of you i'll I'll go uh so (laughs) i'm kat as i said and i spent majority of my career in media agencies so working in digital roles um running client business and and managing teams and then i set up my consultancy about four years ago and then met jay last year and yeah the rest is history really (laughs) yeah man um and i'm jay um i'm the other co-founder the um the less exciting and less attractive co-founder and um so yeah so my entire career was in sales so i've been selling stuff since i was like 13 14 years old so um so yeah so that was my journey i went to university um, studied business and management while at university then i um became an estate agent for my sins um nobody likes estate agents but it was a great place to learn to sell (laughs) yeah literally i then sold um Um, security alarm systems door-to-door in Birmingham and London. So imagine door-to-door sales, yeah, it's, it's as, it's as um, soul-destroying as it sounds. Um, but that really, that's where, that's where I just really 
began to build my craft and um, got around some phenomenal salespeople and just learned some skills that I even knew I've been using today while I've mm-hmm. been at work. Um, so yeah, so started, imagine it used to be called Div Inc. a long time ago. I know it's a terrible name, um, but it made complete sense to me at the time. Um, and then Kat joined the business. and was like, it's a dumb name. We need to change the name. I was like, cool. Thanks, Kat. <laughs> like literally like two weeks in, she's like, so how much do you love the name? I was like, what? I was like, that's a great name. What are you doing? <laughs> And obviously, Kat's coming from like a mad media marketing background. And she's like, it's a stupid name. So, yeah. So we I didn't pivoted. say it in those words. I was very... <laughs> <laughs> nah, she's wonderful. But, um, but yeah, so um, changed the business really in August, September last year, 2019. Um, and then Kat joined in November 2019. And it's all been uh, roses and petals ever since. <laughs> and how did you both meet? Um, actually on LinkedIn. Yeah, really? yeah, I know it's yeah. mad. It's um, we're like both obsessed with LinkedIn, we use it all the time. It's probably just like social media platform that I use the most, mm-hmm. and not saying something. So, yeah, we just we got talking, and it was it was mad. We kind of just kept having all these conversations, and then we'd go for these long walks around London and kind of end up going, Oh, we've walked for an hour and we're here. Oh. How did that even happen? Um, and we just share so many of the same values and views and we're very different people we have you know completely different skill sets there's you know Jay is ultimate sales and that's definitely not like my strength and you know I'm I'm the get stuff done and uh, that's not Jay's strength either so um, yeah we just we just found this real really like great relationship and like the fact that we wanted to build a business to help this this younger generation um was just it just kind of seemed to fit and tell me a bit more about where imagine are at now so there's the two of you i know that you also have this catalog of of uh people gen z as i don't know what you want to call them (laughs) that you work with and then you've also got a core team i'm assuming do you want to just talk a bit more about the structure and how you're working at the moment yeah, yeah, sure. So, do you want to go, Jay? <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, so yeah, we have uh, nearly 2,000 consultants across the country. So, that's what we call them. We call them consultants um, mm-hmm. because brands, a lot of time, they would go to management consultants and they would go to other types of consultants. And we thought, well, you, you need the insights and the feedback from this generation. So, that's what they are. They are consultants. So, yeah, we have uh, mm-hmm. nearly 2,000 across the country, which is amazing. And then within our core team, so as myself, Kat, um, and we have uh, folks, a person that works in finance, and we have another person that works in our, as our community lead. And then we have a design and a dev person that recently just joined the team. So it's like a core team of like six. Um, and then like, yeah, a wider team of uh, just under 2,000. But, um, but yeah, so still super, super startup-y. Um, but mm-hmm. we are living our best lives and delivering awesome <laughs> things for brands. So I, I, I love it. And can we talk a bit more about the... So my understanding is you have your consultants and you give them opportunities, but they also act as a bit of a focus group. Is that right? And then you can use that to build strategies with, with companies. Um, I'm probably really washing over most of, 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 of the, the main points. So um, Kat, do you want to give us a bit more of a, an insight into the product and, and the service that you offer? Yeah, so it's absolutely as you as you said at the start, it is it's kind of it's helping brands and agencies to to develop, um, but we see it less of a focus group and more of a 
a kind of pre-stage uh, to a focus group. So often mm -hmm. focus groups can be when a marketing campaign or a product has, has already been created, um, but this is this is a stage prior. So if you think of you know a brand that is about to create their marketing strategy um, with the Gen Z audience in mind, rather than waiting until that strategy is created, we're saying have that conversation before. Um, mm -hmm. and co-create it with that audience in mind. And I always use an example of, of a femcare product just because it, it kind of resonates really well. If you're uh, um, you know, a, a, an older male trying to create an advert that is going out to a 16-year-old 16, 16 girl, then how, how are you going to do that as well unless you have consulted with that 16-year-old girl? To, uh, yeah. to understand what will resonate with them so so that's that's what we're doing we're enabling that first stage of co-creation so that that you know that end user is is on board and, and will resonate with that marketing campaign or a product or, or branding as well and what is it about the the gen z generation i mean firstly i think we should uh double check that everyone knows because I didn't <laughs> when, you, when you said yeah. it, I was like, well, am I in it? I think I'm just on the cusp, by the way, because I'm 1994. So that isn't. Okay. Yeah, I know. I was, like, I was like, oh, they seem really good. <laughs> part of that. But it's um, up to 1995. And when's the, when's the start year? 2010. So the youngest are seven or eight years old and the oldest are, yeah, 24, 25. And what do you think is different about this generation um, to previous generations, if there is a difference. Yeah, so um, I talk about this all the time. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I've, I've, got, I've, got, I've got this in my holster ready got to this. go. Um, so yeah, um, so there's three main characteristics around Gen Z that we found within our community and within the, the, the wider Gen Z community. So the first one is, is that they're activists. So they're a super activist generation. So if you look at anything from Black Lives Matter to LGBTQ plus rights, um, Gen Z are leading the charge. They're the ones at the front that are really vocal. And the main reason behind this is because is they see the world as a global community. They don't see it as, um, as, as, as places separated by country borders. They just see everybody as one. Um, so that's the first main thing that they're activists. Um, the second thing is that they're digital natives. So they truly grew up in the digital world. For them, it's kind of weird that we ever had anything that wasn't digital. Um, you show them a videotape, I like a physical videotape and they'll lose their minds. Um, show them a floppy disk and they're like, how do I use this to save something? Um, so they're, di they're truly digital natives. And the final thing is, is that they like to co-create. They're co-creators. So they want to create cool things with cool people. And um, with the millennial generation, it's very much like, I want to be the CEO. I want to be the face of things. Like, do a podcast with me. I'm so important. Um, but with Gen Z, they're like, I just want to build really, really cool things with really, really cool people. And I don't care whether I get the credit for it or not. I just want something beautiful to go into the world. So, yeah, those are the three things that, that stand out for us. You mentioned global community. Do you think that is attributed to the fact that growing up in a digital world, in a world built around the Internet, there's not those same borders. So it's not like how, when we were growing up or me, I was, <laughs> I don't know. When we were growing up. <laughs> <laughs> when, when most of us were growing up, uh, it was, you, you weren't as aware what was going on at the other side of the world. Whereas now that's really, it's, it's at your fingertips. Do you think that is um, an attributing factor to that? Yeah, completely. I mean, obviously, you know, social media and, and ways of communicating, communicating have completely changed. And, and actually, it's because we talked quite recently about 
about gaming and how that is a communication channel on its own. Um, and actually, Jay's got like such a good example that he had from, um, he was asking, do you want to tell your best friend story? Because it's actually, it's, like yeah. a re it's not his best friend, <laughs> but there's a story about a best friend. And it just, it just kind of um, elevates that point about how communication has completely changed um, mm -hmm. amongst this audience specifically. Yeah, yeah. So like, basically, as Kat was saying, it was basically, I was just, I was just asked this young guy, I was like, so who's, who's your best friend? And he was kind of like, oh, this guy, I think it was Saudi Arabia or somewhere in a thing. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, so we've been playing Call of Duty together for so many years. He's literally like one of my best friends. We play together every single night. And I was just like, bro, that's super weird, man. I was like, that, you, can't, you can't be best friends with somebody you've never met. And he was just like, he just looked at me like, why can't I be? Like, you're yeah. weird. Shut up, you're old. And I was like, okay, <laughs> but, it, but to him, it made complete sense. It was kind of like, yeah. oh, this is my best friend because we talk all the time. And one of the interesting things, and Kat may allude to it later, is a lot of our consultants are saying the reason why they've been playing computer games so much during COVID was actually not for their mental health, but for their friends' mental health. So they were yeah. saying, I'm playing computer games with my friends because I know if I'm playing FIFA or Call of Duty, they're more likely to open up and have a conversation with me about life than they would do if I said, come, hey, let's come out and let's, mm -hmm. let's have a Zoom call together. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's one of those super interesting things where they just, they don't see barriers and borders the same way that, that, that we do as an older generation. For them, it's kind of, it all just meshes into one, which is really, really cool. That's really, yeah, because I always associate video games with uh, it's not real, but that's a very tangible, real thing. And if you've grown up with that, then I guess it, it holds a lot more, um, gravity in your life. How has Gen Z and uh, their interest, or maybe interest is too sh small of a word, but how they are activists, how has that made brands and agencies have to pivot or change to reach those types of audiences? Um, I think <laughs> there's still a long way, there's still a long way for, for brands to, to go, but there are certain brands that are understanding that they really need to listen to this this audience because they are so influential and their opinions are going to shape the future basically there's still a long way to go um but i think i think yeah there are there are people that are starting to really take notice of that and and take on board you know these these very act, like jay said they're activists they're you know they're not like the millennial generation they have such strong opinions um and they also don't hold back um, they are, you know, very, very comfortable with just telling you like it is. And whereas, you know, maybe the millennials and, and slightly older generations will be a lot more wary of of, say, of saying things. Um, mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, brand, brands are definitely kind of starting to, to realise that, although there's, there's still a long, a long way to go. But Jay, I know you're itching to say something. <laughs> no, nah, not at all. I, I, I agree 100% with everything that Kat said. I think it's, yeah, I think it's, they are so much, yeah, they're such an interesting generation. Um, and yeah, I couldn't add anything more to that point. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you so surprised, man? She's like, what? He doesn't want to say All right, screw you, Kat. Screw you. <laughs> so it's something that when I, I don't know if it was touched upon in the podcast that I listened to, but it was definitely a follow-up question I had for one of them was, and Kat, you just kind of mentioned it there about Gen Z will call out companies if they think, that they're doing something against what they've stood for or how they represent themselves isn't at their core values. Um, and that made me think a lot more about cancel culture. And I don't know if it's something that you guys have thought about, but how, how is cancel culture affecting 
brands and also what's driving cancel culture because it, it mm. seems to come from a really good place but sometimes it is quite toxic so maybe we could just talk about that as a as a piece yeah i think yeah. i think i think the interesting thing is that that with gen z the way so a prime example of this is um is what they did with donald trump's rally in tulsa yeah. so a lot of them are pissed off with trump they don't like the guy so they're like we're just going to stop people going to his rally so we're going to book out a million tickets make him think that loads of people are going to turn up and then only six thousand are going to come because they can't get into the venue that's a great way of gen z almost weaponizing social media and weaponizing this global mm. community to actually affect positive change Obviously, some people may not think it's positive if you're a Trump fan, but I can't stand the guy. So to me, it's affecting positive change. And I think the, the interesting thing you see with Gen Z is that, yeah, cancel culture is strong with them, but it's, it's the value system behind that that is really important. So it's not so much, oh, we're canceling you because you have varied political viewpoints to me. It's like, we're canceling you because you hate the LGBTQ plus community. You hate the black community. You, you know what I mean? You hate the things that we love. And these things that we love are the not so much the norm but they're the things that we should all love do you know what i mean um, mm -hmm. and i think i think it's the value system behind it that is strong i think yes at times cancel culture can be used to so sometimes when you find folks and there's no evidence of something but then they cancel somebody without evidence that can be dangerous but i think one of the things that i love about gen z is that they do their research so Sometimes when, when you'll see somebody be cancelled, you'll see other Gen Z within the comments being like, hey, no, read this article, this is BS, um, mm -hmm. so on and so on. So I think it's very much, yes, they are quick um, at times to cancel people, but they definitely do their research. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, that's a massive generalisation, but, um, but that's, that's, what, that's what I've seen in the data that I've looked at. Um, and and, and, that's, and that's what I, think, I feel like that's what we believe, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that there was that really good example of um, from when you were talking to Laura, so one of our consultants, um, and she was talking about that um, it was a fashion brand, wasn't it? That she she was like she used uh, to yes, love, yeah. Um, and and they basically just completely changed. They they brought out a campaign, and it didn't resonate at all with any of the values that she thought they they were about, and also that she was you know that, that her own personal values and you know, after kind of spending time, she didn't just say, no, that's it. She kind of, you know, really considered everything and then said, Do you know what, I, I'm going to make an informed decision and not continue to buy products from, from that brand because of the way that they're now positioning themselves. I think I got that right, Jay. Is that, is that yeah, correct? Yeah, no, it's exactly yeah. right. Basically, um, she found out, yeah, sorry, she found out they had loads of, like, loads of racist views, but sorry, Kat, carry on. Yeah, so it isn't about just see ya, um, although, you know, there will be elements of that. They will consider that. Um, but then on the flip side is if you don't consult with your audience and you don't, you know, get opinions from the people that you're trying to speak to, then you're more likely to get them, you know, forgetting you and not wanting to, to stay with you if you haven't understood what they want. Um, mm -hmm. And, and you know, I think they will build, like Gen Z will build trust with a brand. But if you then don't kind of continue to communicate and continue to consult with them and, and stick by the values that you should be sticking to, then they will, they won't be loyal. And I picked up on something that you guys had said previously about spending power and how um, quite often, or I don't know if it's still the case, but brands have maybe ignored Gen Z and um, overlooked some of 
some of what they're demanding. Do you want to talk a little bit about the impact that Gen Z can have on brand if they are someone that they can champion and get behind? Yeah, I mean, they, they will absolutely, you know, if, if, if they feel like you are, they, a brand is focused on them and is talking about issues that are important. So, you know, ethical consumption, sustainability are really important areas for, for this audience, as are diversity inclusion, as are, you know, flexible working, as are, and they, these things are kind of expected now, as opposed to with maybe millennials and, and other generations that it's, it, they're still, we're still fighting some of those issues, whereas for them, they are incredibly important. And they are also financially savvy, um, incre incredibly financially savvy you know they're really really good with you I'm speaking to you as well so you know <laughs> really good with money um, mm. and and it's amazing because we've been we did some work with um, with Stella McCartney and around luxury fashion and you know these guys are, are buying luxury items like you know this generation of, of, of spending money and so, you know, you might as a brand typically when it comes to retail think, oh, I'm not going to target that audience because they're not in a certain income bracket, but actually you're completely missing the trick. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they, and they like to spend money. They like to have nice things, you know, as long as those brands are kind of, you know, adopting values and things that they are passionate about. Um, Gen Z are 32% of the world's population. They're massive. They're a massive percentage of the world's pop population. and Their spending power is going to rise to 4.4 trillion. So as Kat said, they're already spending and they're only going to be spending more. And my problem sometimes um, is that, especially with, with, with other like diversity groups, like with, with the black community and with females, and brands are not targeting these folks because they're kind of like, oh, that, that's not our target audience. And what brands are really doing is just leaving money on the table. If you're not if you're not engaging with this this audience and you're not targeting this audience and really building with them, all you're doing is leaving money on the table. So you're leaving money for other people to come collect. So I think, from a business sense, it makes sense to target Gen Z and target um, Black and ethnic minority music and target women and target older generations because that's what that's also what's happening is folks over sixty five and seventy they're just getting ignored yeah. and it's like, dude, they're living their best lives in retirement. Like they've got so much money to spend, but you're ignoring them because they're not cool. They're not the millennials. And I think brands need to get out of that mindset. It's like, oh, we're only targeting 25 to, to, to 42. Do you know what I mean? Like it needs mm -hmm. to be, actually, we're going to target the entire um, beautiful spectrum of, of, of humanity that is out there. And how would you say brands can, can do that? What are the steps that you've seen successful brands take? I think from, a, from, from our perspective, talking personally about our business is engage them in the conversation it's as simple mm -hmm. as that and um, whether a brand wants to do it with us or do it themselves just engage your your users your end consumer whoever it may be engage your community within the conversation and the moment you start doing that the dynamic shifts and you have to always do it from a place of humility so whether it's with gen z or with somebody in, that's, that's 75 if you do it from a place of humility saying like hey we want to make our brand better for you. We want to improve ourselves for you. How do we do that? And allow them to lead the conversation. So you ask that question, then you just shut up and listen. And a, a, a client of ours that's done that really, really well is the NFL. So they literally just ask Gen Z, what do you want from us? And our consultants, literally we heard about one of our consultants, David, was super honest. And he ended up getting into a debate with one of the NFL team because they were just like, no, 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 no. And he's like, listen up, bro. This is what it is. And just telling them as it. And we love that because that, those are the kind of conversations that shift the brand forward. And I love the NFL for that because they're a forward-thinking brand that in five or 10 years 
are going to be wildly different to where they are today simply mm-hmm. for the fact that they engage their end users in the conversation and not enough brands do that and the truth of the matter is the brands that come to us and do it or they do it themselves they will be better off and the brands that don't they'll just disappear and we won't ban them anymore we've been talking about or again sorry I've, i'm just on your podcast loop already but something yeah. that i picked up on was uh, you were saying if a brand's first uh, interaction is at interview stage, it's already too late. Yeah, I think um, it's, I think that's a quote from Kat, right? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, of course it is. Kat, you're a genius, mate. You didn't even remember saying it. <laughs> I love that look on your face. I'm trying to think what I said, but I'm trying to think about the point that I was making. So I think it was actually brand- writ- it was written down. Yeah, I think it's... So yeah. really what I, th- what I think you were trying to say, Kat, is basically what you were just saying about the branding side of stuff is if you're, if you're only just engaging with Gen Z as they're about to be interviewed and you haven't engaged with them about the in- in- interview process or what they're looking for right. in the company, then, then what, you're, what you're interviewing isn't really, the person you're interviewing isn't really going to, may, may not want to work for you as a company because you haven't yeah. taken the time to, to understand them. I think, I think that was your point. Yeah, and I guess it comes back to that point of researching as well, because if, you know, we talk about this audience really researching and then if if you're going to be interviewed, actually, what information have you been given about that company and what, and and not just information about, please come to this door and you'll be seen at this time. It's what do you stand for? What do you believe in? What's your diversity and inclusion policy? How can you prove that to me? You know, I like to recycle. Where are the recycling bins? You know, there's, there's so many different things that people are looking for as opposed to, yeah, here's your agenda. This is what we're going to discuss. Um, and I think, and, and that's what's going to want, because they will be, it's really interesting with this generation is once, once you've kind of locked them in and you continue to show that um, you, you know, have these opportunities for them and, and you talk to them and you engage them in dialogue and, and you have that ongoing conversation because they love, they love feedback, by the way. And they, and they love that kind of, you know, team spirit and always work, working together. So if you can show them all of those things, they will, they will stay and you will get so much out of them because they will want to work for, for you as a company. Um, and I think, you know, that's something that we've tried to create with our consultants as well is that, you know, we're constantly asking them for feedback about what we're doing. So when we run our workshops, when we run our insights, we say to them, what works for you? What do we need to change? And recently we've had loads of feedback about um, they want to see more of us. So they want to see what, how we work in the day, um, you know, and, and just kind of get to know us a bit more. And they want to know if they have been successful in their challenge. Why was that? And, but also, why wasn't it? Um, and so there's that, that real thing of just communicate, communicate, communicate. Mm-hmm. But don't just communicate the standard stuff. Go above and beyond and, and really show that person. If you are hiring and you want to hire them, why? Why do you want to hire them? And why is that going to be so so beneficial to them to work for you and how has hiring been impacted because of covid i know a lot of people were about to graduate from university about to leave sixth form are you engaging with those people and how is it how have they been affected yeah do you know what it has it's been really really tough for them because not only have they not been able to take exams they might have been you know starting an internship we've had a couple of consultants recently and and then you know that can't that can't happen um Mm -hmm. also if they're first into uh, last into the job then often they can be first out 
then yeah I mean it's it, it's super challenging it's a super challenging time and I guess from our perspective what we can at least do and what we at least have been able to do is provide them opportunities to to you know keep working um earning money um and also you know continuing to get those opportunities during this time but yeah I mean it, it's definitely been definitely been a challenge and I think that will continue like long long after lockdown um so we yeah we can only do you know as much as we can to try and like help them and keep them energized especially now that um for the, some of the younger ones that the holidays have started i think yeah this is exactly what cats and i think is they're trying to find work or internships mm-hmm. during potentially one of the biggest crises <laughs> yeah. of our entire lifetimes mm-hmm. you know i mean so it's like i had the 2008 crash when i was like 18 or whatever um and I remember being like, I remember not really paying attention to it. I was kind of just like, well, I need to get a job. So <laughs> it doesn't, you know what I mean? Anything will do right now. Um, and I think for them, it's like, especially in the States, like so many people are unemployed, everybody's dying everywhere. And it's kind of just like, what the hell do we do? Do you know what I mean? And I think it's very much a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nervous time for adults. Do you know what I mean? So we're, we're yeah. like, I'm like in my thirties and I'm like, I'm still like, what the hell? Like, what do we do? Do you know what I mean? So imagine being... 18, 19, in your early 20s, being like, I don't know what this means to me. I've just lost my job, especially for a lot. I've speak to a lot of our consultants. They're like, hey, I just started renting a place in London six months ago. I'm on a 12-month lease. I now have lost my jobs. I've had to move home with my parents, and I'm still paying for my place in London. Like, that's oh. wild. And that yeah. is so expensive. And I think it's one of those things where, as a, as a, as a, as a human being, you have to just your heart can break for these people because I'm kind of like, okay, cool. So as Kat was saying, all we're doing is everything humanly possible to get them as much work as possible, like even paying for our own business, even if we haven't got branded work happening at the moment. We're like, okay, you know what? We'll just do some instant insights about us yeah. internally, just so we can keep anybody working. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's, yeah. yeah it's, um, but the great thing is, is, is with all that doom and gloom is that it's a great time for opportunity. It's a great opportunity time to take risks. It's a great opportunity yeah. for, for consultants to really just get themselves out there. And um, that's why we love what we get to do, just providing, providing the opportunities for them. And can you talk a little bit more about opportunity and what, what you see those, uh, did you say risks or? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think, I think there's, there's multiple bits. From, from a business perspective, I think the opportunity is, is that a lot of businesses are, it's a time to reset. So for mm-hmm. us, we're because we only realistically, we started doing what we started doing last year, September. So we kind of started a business right in the middle of the worst time to start a business. But <laughs> what we've seen is, is that a lot of brands, I spoke to a brand a little bit earlier and they're kind of like, we're in a position right now where we've got a lot of money that we can invest into something and, and, and um, from, a, from, a, from a budget perspective, um, but we don't know where to go, but we want to do it properly. So that's why we're talking with you guys. And I think a lot of the business I'm speaking to are kind of like, okay, we're, we're taking this opportunity to reset. We know we've got budgets or we know we will have budgets over the next 12 months. So what should we do? So we do it properly. And I think mm-hmm. what people are seeing, especially with the, all the different movements that have happened all during this period of time is that if you're going to do something, do it properly. And I think the, that's an opportunity from a business perspective, but then from a, from a Gen Z perspective, it's a great opportunity just to, just to learn new things. I think if there's no time in history where we've all been locked down for such an extended period of time. And it's okay for you to say, you know what, I didn't actually do much work today, um, but I learned X, Y, Z. And I think yeah. um, a lot of our consultants are reaching out to us and just saying like, anything you have, just get me involved. Like one of our guys, yeah. Raf, he reached out and he helped, he helped our team edit a video together. And I'm like, yeah. who is this guy? Like, what a legend. Like, just reach out. Like, <laughs> I'm not really doing much right now. How can I help? Do you know what I mean? And I think it's one of those things where... Um, 
we can all panic and not do anything or we can go hey let's lean in let's figure out the the, the positives from this and 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 and, and try and try and develop and take risks because i'm a cat knows this about i love taking risks i'm like hey if we can do this, let's, let's try it. do it and figure yeah. it out. Let's jump off the cliff and then figure out on the way down how we're going to build the plane. And we're like, ah, oh, crap. We forgot. All <laughs> the it doesn't matter. Let's do it. Do you know what I mean? Um, so super excited. Mm. <laughs> I love that. And you work with lots of different companies. Do you have an insight into which companies have been able to pivot and adapt during this time, which are going to be successful a year from now, two years from now? And maybe we can tie that into... Uh, where graduates can really be like putting their energy in terms of okay this might be a career that will will stand a bit more of the test of time yeah i mean it's it's hard to call out like specific companies like maybe like listing brands but but i think it's there there are definitely there, as i think i said it earlier but there, there's definitely some brands that are and, and nfl is actually a really good example because not necessarily from a hiring perspective but the fact that they really truly believe that that generation can help them not just only to you know co-create their youth marketing strategy or their participation strategy but actually have an impact within their business from a much wider perspective um, and I think there are there are there are lots of companies like that and it's not just brands it's you know it's agencies as well um, and there are some agencies that are doing an amazing job at, um, at still recruiting still people keeping people working challenging people as well it's like you know you have to if you think about your own career history and the jobs that you've stayed in um it's you know i spent a long time in media agencies and the reason was that my job kept changing um and it wasn't just because i was in the same job for you know five years six years four and a half years it was because my role kept changing and they were investing in me as a person and i could move around and i could change things and i could develop and i could have training and i could learn and jay said it earlier you know learning new things that's really important to people. Yes, you might be a bit bored of a webinar now or a bit bored of a Zoom recording, but that doesn't mean you have to learn everything on Zoom or on a webinar. You can go out and you can learn something in the park. Um, mm. And so it's, you know, it, it, it's those companies that are investing in people beyond money. Um, and money will always be important, but what else can you give to someone? And, and it might be, you know, there's a few companies recently that have started looking at equity as a, as a way of drawing people in. And I think that's a really nice model that will continue actually for the future is how can you get people really invested? Well, you get, you know, you get them to, to have, you know, shares in, shares in your company, equity in your company. And then it's, you know, their mission, part of their personal, um, you know, mission is that they want that company to, to succeed because they are invested in it. So I think there's just different different things that brands are doing and agencies are doing to keep people um, and to entice people to work with them. So yeah, I mean, I haven't called out anyone specific. I hope that's okay. But um, yeah, but no, more I, of a kind of yeah, general, general point. <laughs> yeah, more the traits. No, that's great. So we've touched upon Black Lives Matter. We've spoken a little bit about environment. Can we can we maybe think about how the pandemic has accelerated these changes and how Gen Z is is driving that change? So yeah, so one of the one of the main things that we've seen, especially within our Gen Z community, is um, that they're so much more focused on the global community. So I think one of the things that's happened because of COVID, and because of um, well, especially firstly because of COVID, because it it, it put us all in the same boat. So nobody could, nobody could be like, well, it's actually only, it's only things happening in China. Oh, it's only things happening in Africa. Mm -hmm. For the first time, it was the West 
and the rest of the world were all in the exact same boat at the same time, which very rarely happens. It's normally us in the in the in the quote unquote developed nations being able to go, oh no, that's just it's just it's just them mm. the undeveloped nations. Do you know what I mean? But actually now yeah. we're all in the same boat, which has been really, really interesting. And I think because of that, Gen Z have then gone, okay. So technically we're all we're all the same. There isn't much separating us really because mm. You're screwed and I'm screwed and we're all stuck at home. And actually, your family members are, are, are getting so are mine. So there's actually no difference to us. And then I think off the back of that, then with Black Lives Matter, that really got some serious legs on it because people, because back this has been happening for centuries, but in this period of time, everybody was at home. So everybody would be like, yeah. oh crap, yeah, like let me actually sit and ponder on this. Let me buy that book. Let me read that. Let me watch that Netflix. Yes. I had some of my white friends reaching out to me like, have you watched this on Netflix? I'm like, yeah, yes. five <laughs> years ago when it came out, bro. What's wrong with you? But the, thing, the great thing is people are educating themselves. And I think the thing that Gen Z are doing, they're going, okay, we're a global community. These things, COVID and Black Lives Matter and all the different things that have been happening over the last few months have really highlighted that we are all truly in this together. And if one of yeah. us is hurting in the world, then all of us are hurting. And I think the 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 great thing that i'm seeing is that they're going okay cool so as we're going back into the real world how can we carry this with us how is it not yeah. just a moment how is it not just a so like my son's 13 and he's always banging on to me like how can we make sure that we carry this torch how can we and i'm like yo bro like, i don't know like ask somebody that's really intelligent but but he's like super on it like he's like how can we make sure that we're having these conversations and how do i talk to my friends about it and how do you know what i mean and i think it's these yeah. things where the Gen Z, it's kind of just sparking this thing in them. Like, we don't want to let this die. We want to make sure that we that we take it forward. It feels like we often have these circles, like uh, cycles almost, of yeah. something happens, we revert back to it, it gets highlighted again. Um, it does feel different. And I think it, it it lends itself to the fact that it's on a global scale. And we're, we're as you said, realising that we're, more the same than we are different um, you mentioned that your son wants wants this torch to continue what do you think needs to happen in order for this momentum to continue so that when we look back at this time two three five ten years from now what do you think that that change needs to continue and look like I yeah. think people just need to communicate. Sorry, Jay. I think people no, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. need to keep communicating and mm -hmm. need to keep educating. You know, a lot of a lot of what is happening, a lot of people's opinions, and this is to do with history and, and not having that education about what's happened. I've had so many so many conversations with friends, uh, specifically around Black Lives Matter, but but trying to understand why they don't understand how things yeah. are, and and especially in a London bubble. Um, because you you know we're very much surrounded by many cultures and it's very different from you know as, as soon as you go outside of, of, of London um, and opinions are, are, are very different and so I think for it you know you have to keep talking you have to keep educating you have to keep reading um, and, and form your opinions from that but also listen to other people because you know I, I am very you know I have a very set, set of opinions about certain things and when it comes to politics and when it comes to, you know, any other topical issues. But I hope that I still have the ability to listen to people and to understand yeah. and, you know, that it might be about Brexit or whatever and I can still appreciate somebody else's views even if I don't agree with them. Yeah. 100%. I got nothing else to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just to go a little bit further on that, I know um, something that I feel like has, has switched is 
yes, conversations and being open to conversations and differing of opinions, but also acknowledging that quite often it's a very systemic thing. Mm. It's not always about um, convincing your friend or your manager. It's about really dismantling uh, racist policies, um, just things that have uh, carried on for so long that we almost haven't noticed them and actually in detangling them seems to be quite a, a challenge but one that hopefully uh, will mean that we're still we're not having this conversation in, in 10 years time we have actually addressed some of the things that have happened recently yeah yeah I think the I think the crux of all it is is folks just need to if, if people truly care about this stuff Let's stop mentorship. Let's stop. They're like, oh, because we're, I promise you, the black culture, man, we are over freaking mentored, man. I've had enough mentors to last me a lifetime. So, like, my children's <laughs> children will be still getting mentored by my mentors. But I think the, <laughs> the main thing to do right now is to invest in, into, those, into, those, um, into those communities. And I think the, even with regards to this Black Lives Matter, then there's, there's, there's the, the understanding of how women are treated in the workplace. Like, then there's the understanding of how the LGBT, LGBTQ plus community are treated. There's all these different things where, and even the disabled community and all these different communities that it's kind of, it's time for us just to shut up and sit down. Because for me, when I was younger, I didn't have any friends that were from the LGBTQ plus community. But now I have so many friends and I understand so much more because I can just shut mm -hmm. up and listen. I'm just like, oh, wow, that's your lived experience. Like, as, as a gay man, that's what it's like. I'm like, shit, that's deep. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, but then I can actually begin to listen. And then next time I want to say a statement or say a quick remark, I'm like, actually, you know what? Nah, that's not cool. And then the same regards with like working with cats, open my eyes to so much. She runs the Dawn Network, which is a network empowering, mm -hmm. um, empowering women within the media space. And I think it's, they've been going for like 10 years. So they've been in the game for a long time. But when I just listen to the way Cat talks about it, I'm just like, oh yeah, that, this is a proper issue. Like, I've probably been paid more than women and not even realised it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's like when now I'm aware, and Cat will she'll, she'll, she'll vouch for this, I'm always banging on about it. I'm like, let's make sure we've got black people, let's make sure we've got women in the room. And from a diversity perspective, as a, as a startup, we are mm -hmm. so about this. And I just think it all ties back to if brands and companies truly care and agencies truly care, invest into it and hire people in senior leadership, not freaking junior people, because honest to God, in my opinion, we've had 150 million junior people. Nobody cares, bro. Hire senior <laughs> leadership in positions that can make decisions that are from these backgrounds. And I promise you, you will mitigate all of the issues and the risks that you're facing because you're listening to people that actually have power. Yes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> what a way to end it. Thank you both so much. Like, it's... Yeah, you've both been so generous with your time and yeah, I loved that conversation. I mean, we stuck to Gen Z, but I think we, uh, we tackled the world. <laughs> yeah, I love it. A huge thank you to Jay and Kat. If you want to find out more about Imagine and the work they're doing, I will link to them in the show notes. For anyone who is struggling to find work at the moment, we will also include links to free resources that you can use during this time. Show notes can be found in the description box of this podcast. A huge thank you to Imagine and see you next week for another episode of Life in Digital.